0: Hello, and welcome to episode five of Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. This episode's a little different. We're starting off first with a follow-up to episode three's coaching session on triggers and hijacks. And then we have an amazing interview with Kathleen Shannon of Being Boss. Here we go.
1: Hi, I'm Jay Pryor, life coach, speaker, and author of Lean Inside, Seven Steps to Personal Power, a practical guide to transformation. My definition of transformation is chipping away at everything that is not your highest, best self. In our podcast, Doing the Work with Jay and Becca, we take on personal transformation to have you show up powerfully in your life and business.
0: And I'm Becca Booth, marketing strategist, focusing on strategy, sales, and social. And I'm the guinea pig, so I'm the one doing the work right along with Jay and I'm the fresh face to it so I'm still new at all of this stuff and learning along the way so I'm ready to learn along with you
1: listen to our podcast and we know our commitment to you is that we leave you inspired lifted up and no matter what knowing that you're on the right path as long as you're willing to take progress not perfection to create your life exactly the way you want it
0: all right so here we go Okay, so I went to the birthday party. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about the birthday party. Well, it was interesting. I, I mean, the stress level that was already sort of placed in there around like my family being upset that I was upset or whatever was there. Um, and so I like got home and I got very like centered around like, this is not my story. Like, yep. this is his. And you did the power pose. Yes, I did the power pose. I, and it was funny, because I was doing the power pose, and my daughter was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, hands on hips. And she, I was like, it's the power pose. And she was like, okay. I mean, she's 12. So I was, like, trying to be all like, you should do this before. Uh, and she's like, no. So I was like, well, we'll talk about this later. But yeah. uh, so power posed. I got very, like, centered. And I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And we came in as a family and it was what was funny about it was we got there first and it was like our people it was like my people were there right. like business associates and friends and people who i love and you know a couple of really close friends came um you know Jenny and Daniel were there oh, and Kristen and Lee were there oh, nice. and it was yeah. so it was like my people mm-hmm. were there, yeah. and it was like, so all of a sudden it was like, you know, it was not like a not a thing. Yeah. And so then we were there, and, and he comes in, and he has a difficulty, like, getting in because of some issue that he had. I don't know. But so he was, like, out outside of the party for a while. So I knew he was, it was like, gave me this, like, ten minutes of, like, is he coming in the door? <laughs> and I was laughing so oh, hard about oh it because it was like... <laughs> Now, how powerful am I? Can I get a turn <laughs> Can I away? To
1: I'm not even gonna be on. <laughs> <laughs> I was Jesus.
0: like, that might be fun, but then I was like, no, Becca, <laughs> let him come. So they came in, and I had about two seconds of that that triggered feeling. Like as soon as I saw him, I had that very triggered feeling, and I started thinking about what we talked about I mm-hmm. you know this is I can make this moment whatever I want this moment to be yeah. and I want this moment to be nothing right I I don't want anything around it I'm just yeah. it's nothing yeah and so as soon as I like said to myself I like kept saying sort of a mantra in my head I was like this is this is nothing this is a night for my dad this is a night to be with friends this is a night this is this part's nothing yeah and so like as soon as I started saying that over and over it just that feeling went away nice and they were there for a long time and I never really even saw them like they kind of were over in a different area Um, I just kind of you know slightly acknowledged that they were there they did not acknowledge my existence at all so i was like okay yeah you know that's fine and i was like you know what but i'm saying this was nothing right so i'm not giving them permission to be an acknowledgement of me either so like i was very clear that like i was making this moment nothing right you know like which was really really great yeah um and like empowering to know like because i think that we always think about about the, this kind of work, where it's like we're trying to do something positive, or we're trying right. like, but it's okay that it's like nothing, too, right. yeah. you know. So it's that idea. Of, nothing
1: is way better than as amped up as you were and fearful oh, as yeah. you were yeah. before you left. I mean, sometimes in a, in coaching or in a you know in an example like this, you know, we're just taking baby steps here, yeah. <laughs> right? And. I mean, gosh! All we wanted to do was get you to, if nothing else, to a place of neutral. Yeah. Which it sounds like we—that's we what we accomplished. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Nice totally. work.
0: And it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was good because then it was like I got caught up in with my friends, and it was so good that they came, yeah. and it felt like, you know, definitely a statement of my dad, but also a statement for me that they sure. were there for me, and um, we had a great night, and I, we, and. Got to sing, happy birthday. You know, we got to just enjoy ourselves. And it was very, like, that part of it was very neutral. Mm -hmm. And so I walked away from it, like, super proud of myself. (laughs) I was like, look what I did. Well, and then we also, I had a moment of almost hijack where uh, my husband got up to, like, make a statement about my dad. Like, people were telling stories. And so he started with, hi, you know, and I'm married to the youngest daughter of Hank Booth and he said when i started dating her i knew like whoa like i'm in and, and like everybody who knows becca like that's a that's a lot to take on oh. <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like i mean my jaw like hit the floor i was like oh great <laughs> That's and I was a, like, okay. <laughs> and so, like, my niece turns to me and she's like, well, you know, it's true. And then, like, you know, all these people who are there, like, <laughs> like with this whole negative thing about how I'm a horrible I ju- person. They had
1: just given up that this was the truth yeah, about me. exactly. And I was like, <laughs>
0: then my husband goes up there and, like, says it.
1: Of all people. And I was he's like. He's going to go confirm it for Oh, my God.
0: Here, everybody, <laughs> let you know that I'm a lot to handle. <laughs> and so then I was, like, super mad. Like, I was, like, really mad for, like, 15 minutes and I like took him to the side and I was like I can't believe you said that and he was like I didn't that's not what I I was meaning like you know you're his baby and like you know marrying the baby of the family and how much your dad loves you and how like overprotective he is of you and that's a lot to handle like coming in and being like the young and I was like poor guy no and I was like oh my god and so finally I was like you know what I am a lot to handle (laughs) there we go and I was like, I am fucking fine with that. There we go. Yay! <laughs> so I was like, Power pose. <laughs> <Wow, that's laughs> I have a awesome. lot to fucking handle. And I am okay with that. <laughs> so, you, like, talk about reframing the situation. We're good. That was brilliant. Yeah, we're that good. Was brilliant. And now I'm like walking around like,
1: yeah, I have a lot to I'm handle. Lot to for handle. For I'm good. <laughs>
0: So that means that the people <laughs> who choose to, like, handle me right. are pretty amazing people, They're too. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: If you it's can't handle that. yeah, then that's... Hey, and
1: especially when you... And here's the thing that I wanted to touch on, because I do think sometimes that people can hear me, you know, like, we we're told stuff that then we take in us when we're kids. Mm-hmm. Like, when I when I when you said that, when I said, what's the thing that hurts you the most or that resonates, I think I said that... Pained you the most yeah, yeah and you were like that it's all i'm always the one causing trouble you yeah. know whatever it was yeah when i mean look on your face was like you look like you were eight yeah you know what i mean yeah. like you it's that's what we do we take that stuff in it's like it's the truth mm-hmm. and then it, we leave it in our body and then we attract it over and over again you yeah. know situations because we're resisting it yeah we don't want it yeah but there's something so powerful and this is what i wanted to be able to, to say i am always and I know you know this, but I want them to know this. <laughs> I am always talking to your inner being that is oh. so powerful and is so amazing. And it's not a pain in the ass to anyone. <laughs> but it's nothing but pure love and pure grace and pure God. Yeah. Right? Right. And so right. that's who you are. And sometimes we get caught up in those labels we were giving us as a little bitch or a drama yeah. queen. I mean, I was called a little bitch. My <laughs>
0: yeah. You
1: know, or, and boy, the first time I had to deal with the fact that I really am a drama queen. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I mean, I'm a drama queen. Yeah. But boy, um, oh, the very first time somebody said I was, a, you know, like, really? Yeah. A coach, I was like, <gasps>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I am mortified. That yeah. <laughs> You know. You're like, you can't go up there. And then there's that slippery slope of... of Forget- getting that that's not who you are yeah right yeah um but owning that drama queen and mm-hmm. owning that lot to handle gives us so much power because currently we've been creating that forever oh yeah and now we stop resisting it yeah when we stop resisting it we own it nothing can touch us and
0: we're good right yeah yeah heck yeah bro, heck yeah right yeah. so now that's awesome it- it feels so much better and like there's a whole lot into it now like now I feel like and I feel I, I want us to follow up with another coaching around this because now it's like okay decision time like right. how do I let this person back into my life or do I or yeah. how does that how does that look because yeah. it has affected so many different sure. areas of my yeah. life like like okay now what you know yeah. I feel like I've gotten to this point where I'm like okay it's, yeah. we're neutral and yeah. I know there are baby steps and I could live in neutral and I know that right. like I know that I could probably totally. live in neutral for a very long right. time
1: but you get to create it yeah. and that's what you know yeah. that's so fun to work with you is you know you can create this guy however you want to yeah. however you want him to show up we'll take baby steps of your conscious, you creating it, and yeah. he'll start showing up that way. Yeah, And you know that. And I do. Yeah. Because you've done it. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's the cool part. You can stay neutral. You can set boundaries and, you know, however you want to do it. I never mm-hmm. want to encourage people not to set boundaries, especially if they don't know how, you know, like mm-hmm. boundaries are important. Yeah, <laughs> Being able to set a boundary is very important. And you can you get to say yeah you get to say how you want to create it yeah and the first thing i'd invite you to look at is for you to just start being in the inquiry around what's your commitment to your family and how does you want yeah. how do you want to be for him right how do you who do you want to be for him yeah you know like what relationship do you want to have with this guy if any if maybe any. there is yeah yeah it's yeah. okay you yeah. don't have to
0: yeah but so. and and that also framing it around the fact that this is not the destroyer of my family right. if I don't make it that right. way. Exactly. You know, I've just got to I've got to set it up where it's not me proving myself that I make I, I screwing I'm screwing it all up again. Now right. I screwed up the whole fucking family. Right? You know, like how yeah. big was that? Like right. yeah. the, the ultimate uh, Becca's fault. <laughs> <laughs> exactly Uh, (laughs) because of Becca she's done it again (laughs) (sighs) but now so I'm good it was good and thank you so much for and you know I think that people listening should also realize that like you know if you just give yourself that opportunity to just take that little step and that's why I was laughing so hard when he couldn't get in and he was like having issues (laughs) at the door because I was like oh my gosh you know like I literally was sort of in my brain, back of brain, praying like maybe he just won't show up and I won't have to deal with it at all. Yeah. And then he's st- standing outside the door, like can't get in, and I'm like, hmm. Let him in. Let him. All right, I'll That's let him awesome. in. And he, you know, like then he came yeah. in. It was, yeah. it was that but was how that, much control I had.
1: Right, but take that first step to what? To oh, to acknowledge
0: that if you can reframe if you can look at it from a different perspective yeah. <clears throat> that you have all of the power in the world to change yeah. what the dynamic is even if it's not even if you're not ready yet to like make a step don't,
1: you don't have to go from 0 to six. yeah here. you
0: yeah. don't have to say oh now you're my best friend or yeah. now i'm going to yeah quit my job or whatever yeah. it's going to be like acknowledge yeah. that the power is within you to make that happen yeah. that baby step of just acknowledging the power that you have inside is yeah so impactful.
1: Yeah, I think we just did a tweet recently that said something like, "The minute you're willing to shift your perception just a little bit, that's when the magic happens." Yeah, and that's the truth. It's so like true. It's just a tiny shift in perspective. Yeah, but you got to be willing to give up being right about that he's terrible or that it's all their fault or he's bad or you know whatever yeah, it is. Exactly. And you do that brilliantly, so you got to give oh, yourself wow. a big pat on the back for pat, you, know, you came pat. in here that guy was <laughs> rotten and you left and you had all the power. And I was so, like, well, yeah. yeah. And now
0: it's like, he might be rotten, I can change him (laughs) into something. (laughs) Whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) He's rotten because I made him that way. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you so much for that. So just another example of how this all crazy stuff works. It just works. Yeah all right well we will be back again so tune in we will be doing another coaching session here coming up soon Um, but make sure that you subscribe and so that you can get future episodes of this and actually i think we're just going to roll right into another episodes because we wanted to sort of give the update before we kept going right yeah all right so keep listening we'll be we'll be back in a minute don't stop listening yet Right now, we're heading into our new interview with Kathleen Shannon of Being Boss. You don't want to miss this one. So welcome. Today, we are with Kathleen Shannon, (laughs) Uh, uh, co-owner of Braid Creative and uh, the co-host of the Being Boss podcast, um, which is where I found her. Um and it just so happens that this person who's this amazing podcaster who I listen to all the time also happens to be one of Jay's clients, which is, you know, how the world works. So <laughs> um so <clears throat> Jay and Kathleen started working together a while ago and so how did
2: how did you guys meet?
1: We actually met through uh Kathleen's sister Tara, is that right, Kathleen?
2: That's correct. Yeah. We met through my sister. So Tara was working with you whenever. So that's my sister Tara, who I own Braid Creative with. And she was working with Jay. He was her kind of executive coach whenever she was still in advertising. And our family has never done any sort of coaching or therapy. It's just so far outside of our realm of how we work. Um, so I remember Tara was almost embarrassed to have a coach. So she always referred <laughs> I to Jay. That too. As her as her executive coach. But basically, she was uh, unhappy in her role as a creative director in advertising. And Jay really helped her find some clarity around what it was that she really wanted. And whenever he asked her if you could do one thing and you weren't afraid, what would that be? And she responded, I would start a business with my sister. And she got so much clarity in that moment that it's so funny because Jay and the more you all, your listeners get to know you, Jay, um, one of the things that you always say is, well, lean into that. And it's it's a catchphrase that me and all my friends have adopted and started using with each other. Like, how can you lean into that? Um, Anyway, so Jay told Tara to lean into this idea of us starting a business together and within a week we had a business model we had a business plan we had our branding done love it and we jumped in head first yeah and then i had the pleasure
1: of coaching great creative as they started their business together um, exactly we knew
2: that there would be some Yeah, we knew that there would be some hiccups or not hiccups, but it was a transition for sure. And that's whenever coaching is really great for people is whenever they're going through a transition. And so going from working for someone else our whole lives to working for ourselves and also being business partners with each other, you know, going from sisters to business partners, it was a big deal. And Jay was instrumental in helping us navigate those uncharted territories.
1: They're also really fun. Yeah. (laughs) They're one of my most fun stories. (laughs) Yes. Because, how I mean, there's been there's been two other times now, but you're like one of my first times that I ever worked with a company that got up and off the ground so fast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I and mean, I think it was, we were three months into coaching and you were full. Was that right? Yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. Well, I mean,
0: Jay, I, I think that for people who are being boss listeners, um, you've talked about your chalkboard method, which actually came out of a Jay coaching conversation,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're actually about to monetize that. That <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, so I talked about I was so say, here's the to chalkboard method, and we actually just did an entire episode dedicated to the chalkboard method because we've gotten so many questions about it. So that will be released maybe by the time this episode goes live. But we've gotten so many questions around the chalkboard method and so many creatives asking more specifically, like, I need you to show me how to do this, that it almost is a way to blend kind of a little bit of magic and a little bit of science and business model with each other to really get clear on your goals and to make it visual and something that you can check in with every day. So... Basically, here's what happened is Tara and I launched our business. We had an amazing website. Everything was beautiful. But we didn't have any clients yet. And w- we weren't quite scared, but we mentioned it to Jay. We said, we don't have any clients yet. We have faith that this is going to happen. But if there's anything we could do to speed along the process, let us know. And Jay said, well, you have to make space for your clients. And I, I remember thinking, well, we've got space for them. Like we're sitting here doing nothing. And he was like, no, like you don't get it. The universe abhors a, vac- a vacuum. So you need to make physical, literal space for your clients. And I thought this is especially interesting. And this is something that even just now, I've told this story a million times, but now I'm starting to realize even more because we didn't have an office space for clients, we were working from home. It was that much more important to create a space to house our clients. And you can have spreadsheets. You can have you know, a database where your clients might go on a cloud or online somewhere. But to make a physical space in the place where you work is so important. So basically, what Jay recommended is that we get out a poster board, draw some lines on it, and create you know, literal empty lines where a client's name could go. And I had a big chalkboard wall in my office. My whole entire wall was painted with chalk. And so I busted out my chalk and I drew 10 empty spaces and literally within a week it was filled up. And so I really started to see this kind of equal parts Effort and attention and magic and hustle really come together in the chalkboard. And since then, our chalkboard method has grown into a very, I mean, I want to say complex, but it's also pretty simple. So this like complex but simple system where we're tracking everything from our metrics to our personal goals to things like speaking gigs to um, additional streams of revenue and Uh, One more thing that's really funny about the chalkboard is we did fill those spots in 10 or we did fill those 10 spots in a week, but, um, What happened is we filled it with people who weren't so dreamy. So we come back to Jay and we're like, okay, we've got these clients, but they're not our favorites. And so that's whenever Jay recommended that we make a mantra around the chalkboard and kind of charge it with some mojo. So our mantra became we are attracting dream clients with cash and we drew a little magnet on the chalkboard and ever since, it's really allowed us to narrow our focus and to only say yes to the most dreamy customers because there's only so much space that we have in our lives and in our businesses. So it better be with people who we really love working with.
1: Okay. I great. love it. it. I love story. It. Yeah. Well, and I want to, you know, add to that that you know the chalkboard method or creating space in your life is important for no matter anything you want to create, you manifest. One of my favorite stories is my friend who really wanted a relationship, and Jessica was doing some feng shui with him. And she went over to his house, and his bed was there was only room in his bed for one person because he had books piled up all over the other side of his bed, and the cat slept there, and all kinds of stuff, you know. And that happened to be in his romance gua, so there was a little feng shui involved. But he also just didn't have room in his bed for a lover. <laughs> like he yeah. just, he didn't <laughs> have room. Yeah, and yet he wanted it, but he had to make space for it. He did, and he found he fell in love like two weeks later. I swear to God,
0: that's a true story. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that you know the the method I think has also been sur- super inspiring for so many like you said with your being boss folks like i know that it's talked about a lot on the on the facebook group and and i know that it's something that i put into practice so i can't wait to see what the
2: what the product is maybe i'm not doing it right Um, there's really no wrong way to do the chalkboard method, but what we found is that you can really narrow in and expand how you're using the chalkboard to find gaps in your process, to really figure out how you want to make money and how much really even you need to be pricing yourself for. So we've, we've been able to really elaborate on what started as 10 simple spots into basically tracking your entire business model in a way that is super visual in your face every day and in a way that you can start to check in.
1: Yeah, brilliant. The other principle that that goes with that I learned a long time ago is what you keep track of is what you get. Mm. And, and again, almost like focus how sometimes we as humans focus on what we don't want. Sometimes we keep track, not, aren't keeping track of the things that work. And so, Kathleen, what I love about you, first of all, I got to I got to say this. Do you are you present to what a powerful businesswoman you are? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, are you? Do you get that about you?
2: Um, you know what? Yes to no. Like, I, you know, I, I would I wouldn't be doing myself justice to be like, oh, no, I'm just nah, well, of nah. course, you know, like, that's kind of what I want to sure. do as like a conditioned you woman bet. in you our society. You <laughs> the self-appreciation. <laughs> we all, yeah. all we all know about it you know, it's it's easy to pretend like I didn't work hard for this, but I did. I have worked really hard. And I think that what I did take for granted, though, was my ability to manifest in a very real way. And I think that's something, Jay, that you brought to my attention. And I think that also whenever you don't define yourself, like I never identified myself as a businesswoman. Like what does that look like whenever you close your eyes? For me, it looks like um, Dolly Parton in nine to five <laughs> wearing her shoulder pads and like working her way up the corporate ladder. But what I'm starting yeah. to learn is that like I can redefine what a a powerful businesswoman looks like for me. Hell yeah. And yeah, like I'm, I'm I really do feel like I'm starting to own that and step into it.
1: Yeah. Well, and this is the thing that I think is one of your gifts is being able to take something like I I say this one thing. You know, and you know, in my world, I'm like, take a piece of poster board and I'm, talking to a, I'm talking to a designer here right. Yeah. So, so of course, the next week, they're blowing my mind with this you know huge wall filled with you know that's painted with chalk and yeah. drawn, and, right, but you have an a real ability to be able to take something like that and then just run with it. it's fun to do
0: <laughs> you can tell that you're having fun,
1: yeah, you know, and I you think do that look that's like you're having fun in your business, yeah,
0: I think that that's what is so was what drew me to you guys so much was like you could tell that this was not just like okay here's a product that we're going to put out so that we can earn some additional income you know it was like let's have some fun and see where it goes and now being boss is huge I mean you guys have just launched a new website and you've got how many people in the Facebook group now
2: yeah, I mean, we have over 11,000 people on our Facebook group. We've had over a million downloads. We made six figures in our first year, kind of accidentally. But again, it, it's so funny looking like an overnight success whenever it took 10 years to get there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah I, totally I mean, we've, we've definitely had some success with being boss. Well, I
0: love it. And I think that that, so that, you know, is sort of the end game. I mean, like right now, or not even end game, it's like this yeah. place where you are right now, um, but I want to sort of hear a little bit more about how you how you got here. I mean, you didn't obviously, you know, you had the moment where your sister and you started working together. But even before that, sort of how you know how you got involved with and how you became so open to doing the work that we, you know, doing the you know looking at the law of attraction and and putting that into into your business and and those type of things. Um, you know Jay had said you were in a some sort of class when you guys started working when together. We met,
1: when we met she was going to metaphysical school, right?
2: Yeah, I was going to the so school she was of metaphysics. Doing Uh huh. Yeah. And I mean, but I was doing it even before then. I just didn't have language for it. And so that's one of the things that I loved. The School of Metaphysics didn't work out. But once I realized that there was a whole other world around this, especially in working with Jay, because he uses so much of that, those principles in his work. um, That was my favorite part of coaching with Jay is that I finally had someone who had researched all of this and read all the books and could make recommendations to me on how to really form language around the things that I was already doing. Um, You know, I don't know, like a theme that keeps coming up in my life and has come up over and over and over again is this idea of being who you are 100% of the time. Uh, This idea of authenticity, and even nonconformity. That's how it showed up in my life. And I've been really exploring how that has contributed to my business and my success. And, you know, Dr. Brene Brown has created a national conversation around vulnerability. And I think that that's resonating with people because for the first time ever, I think that the whole world is starting to embrace this idea of showing up as we are. And and so Brene really focuses on vulnerability, but I really am interested in focusing on the flip side of that, which is kind of that authenticity side and the, the courage to show up and be seen um, and not so much like the shame resilience. So I think that that's been a theme that has shown up in my entire life. And not being afraid of living the process out loud. And I feel like that's what our work at Braid Creative has been rooted in is helping creative entrepreneurs own their own creative process and to blend more of who they are into the work that they do. Um, but even more so, the conversations that I'm having on being boss is really just saying, hey, I'm figuring it out as I go, too. There's no magic formula for being a businesswoman. And there's no, uh, I think it is about redefining along the way what it looks like to be in business for yourself and what it looks like to have a day job, but at the same time be hustling on the side to create your dream. And it's just about, you know, the stuff that, Jay, you've taught me, which is, it's all perception it's all a living dream it's all just sitting in the driver's seat and saying here's what I want to happen in this dream yeah well and I love that
1: too because that's how I feel like I do my business is I do the work of transformation on myself and then everything I learn I teach my clients (laughs) every time I have read a new book I'm like okay I just read this book what do you think you know and you and I when we first met we were jamming on that like You'd read stuff I hadn't read, I had read stuff you hadn't read, so I've always felt like with us, even though, I mean, I appreciate, you know, the role of coach with you, um, is that we've always been uh, simpatico in how we thought about, uh, how we thought about things, yeah. and then you went and became a coach, so I want to talk about that for a second, because, you mm-hmm. um, you know, again, one of the reasons I think you're such a powerful businesswoman is you just go do what you feel like is the next step for you to do to create the next piece of whatever's missing for your business. And, mm-hmm. um, and again, you do it out there and, and show everybody about it. So the next thing you did after you and Tara had not been with, I mean, how long had Braid been, been created before you decided to go to coaching school?
2: I mean, maybe a year or a year and a half, maybe up to two years. I'm so terrible with timelines, you me guys. I me It
0: seems
1: to me, it within, in my world, it was within a year <clears throat> that you had started and out it, and you're like, okay, I should go be a coach.
2: <laughs> I it should could have been the a the year. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so here's what happened with that is obviously going through coaching with you, Jay, was a transformational experience. And just being aware or open to the idea of, like, wow, this could be a living. Like, that's cool. And I was doing the work that I was doing through braid and really naturally following into this role of leader or coach and what was happening is I would be having these branding conversations with people but then at the same time people were sharing very vulnerable things with me like things like um, I'm transgender, right. or
0: <laughs>
2: or things like. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> or things okay. like um, I'm going through a divorce, or things um, things along those lines, or what does it mean to be a mom and to run my business at the same time? Right. So, because the work that we do and because the lives that we live means that. W- are the work that we do and who we are aren't separated and that we like it that way, it means that that was really coming up in the clients that we served as well. And so what I really found was I just needed some better training around having those conversations. And I remember telling my sister, so here's what happened was I came across the work of Martha Beck and I don't even remember how I stumbled upon it, but I started following her work. And I remember she sent out a genius sales email one day selling her coaching training and she was like if this is tugging at your heart and you don't really know why take that as a sign that you should be doing this and i listened and i was like wow okay i think i should do this thing maybe i'm just like really easily persuaded but i i went to my sister and i said hey I want to go through some coaching training. At the time, it was $7,000 to go through the Martha Beck training. I'm not sure how much it is now. But that was a huge investment, especially within the first year of our business. And I didn't know what it meant for our partnership. I didn't know if it meant that I was going to quit Braid within a year of opening it and start my own coaching practice. But what happened was i didn't know where it was going to go but in hindsight i'm seeing so much how my coaching training just really helped me fill out my expertise within braid creative and it has led me down to a place of being able to have really authentic conversations in a way that i feel really confident having
1: yeah that's brilliant and the coaches training like that how long does it take like it was less than a year right
2: Yeah, I think that that coaching training was eight to nine months. And oh, you know what? I was pregnant at the time because I remember I wanted to go to the meet and greet at the end of the whole coaching thing and go meet Martha Beck herself and meet some of the cadets that I was in training with. And I was about nine months pregnant and just exhausted. Like I did not want to fly across the country. So I didn't end up going to that meet and greet. And I didn't even end up getting Martha Beck certified, um, even though that was something that I kind of wanted to do and continue down that path. But what I've learned since then is that I didn't really need it. I got all the tools that I really needed from her. And I've also learned how to glean tools from the books that I read and integrate those into my coaching practice. So if anything, what that coaching taught me is that I'm already on the right path of taking the information that I learned from books and TED Talks and anything else where I'm learning, oh, like here's a new way of looking at things. Even Byron Katie has a YouTube channel and it, your listeners should just oh God, I pause this and like go watch all <laughs> of that. Mentioning. But, you know, stuff like that, like really – Or, you know, even Jay, you saying like, hey, do this chalkboard method. Not only can I do that, but I can teach it to other people. So I, for me, coaching is kind of the gift that keeps on giving, especially from whenever you're doing it from a place of like positivity and love. I think that there's also, and I don't even know if we should go into this, but I think that there's a whole industry around like fear-based coaching or that there's problems to be fixed. And I don't necessarily believe that to be true anyway. So to answer your question, the training was eight months.
1: <laughs> well, and the only reason I asked that is because, you know, you said it's, it's weird to be an overnight success when you've been working on it for 10 years. And that's what I want people to, I think that there's this myth that you're going to go into business and then overnight, you're going to be a millionaire or over. And it happens to people. I know people who've been coaches who are making $500,000 in a year, but more often it's you know, a year is a very short time in the life of a business, mm-hmm. and so to be able to just take a year to invest in yourself to do something like that, I think is so brilliant, because look at everything it's given you over the next three, four, five you know, years, whatever it is, and it's not that long, because mm-hmm. your son's not that old. so. It's only been a couple of years, but my point is that something like that, I think, you know, oftentimes in coaching, people will say, well, I can't do that because that would take me four years or that would take me three years. It's like, that's not very much Mm. time. (laughs) (laughs) This is a lifetime we're taught here to be able to do what you want and be your most authentic self. So I just uh, always love that about you.
2: And like the the coaching or anything else that you want to start, where you think like, wow, that's going to take so long, it should be fun, or not maybe not even fun is the right word. It should be somehow rewarding or fulfilling yeah. along the Absolutely. way. Um, I think Jay, I can't remember if you told me this, but Abraham Hicks is that right? Esther Hicks. Yeah. I'm so confused about Abraham Esther. Like it's who Esther is Hicks. that?
1: Is it? A- it's Esther Hicks, and she channels and uh, she channels Abraham. And Abraham calls themselves a they, I don't know if they're transgender or, but I think I'm teasing, okay. <laughs> I'm not transgender. Um, it's so actually, you can
2: see why this would be confusing. Yes. Like it who is, is confusing. this? <laughs> Esther Hicks
1: is the human being. So yeah. okay. I just I don't I don't pretend. I,
0: when he starts talking, he introduced me. He's like, "You don't have to think about
2: that part. Just, just don't listen don't to the words." And I was like, that. "Okay." So I have
1: to tell that to everybody. Just don't think about that part because it freaks people out. Just <laughs> listen to the words. So <laughs> because I think it was Esther thing. that
2: said, "Like a happy journey leads to a happy destination," right? right? And that's something that I've even been struggling with. Or you know, it's just a human condition oh, totally. thing. And so sure. I think a lot of times we get stuck into this idea that we have to like really pay our dues. And be miserable oh God, yeah. to then earn the happy ending. Right. And it's just not true. And if you believe that,
1: then that's 100% how it's going to go, right? Right. But we choose to believe that we can play and sing and dance and have fun and make lots of money. <laughs> right? Yeah. And enjoy the ride.
2: That brings up a good point about the coaching training. It's so funny because in our coaching training, once we had to start putting what we were learning into practice, we needed 30 hours of practice. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot of time to not be getting paid. So I actually launched my coaching offering to get the practice but people are paying for me to practice on them. So that's kind of how I started that along the way. Then I launched some more coaching offering, or I launched like kind of a base coaching offering that was complementary to the branding work that we were doing at Braid, where I really merged the tools that we had created at Braid with the tools that I had learned from Martha Beck to coach creative entrepreneurs specifically into. Um, going from their idea and research phase to the actual doing it phase. Which is the Braid Creative Method right? I mean, we've integrated some of the coaching that I've done into the Braid Method. But no, the Braid Method was separate. Like, we always had that even before I was coaching. Yeah, but I would take some of the tools that we had used. I mean, really, it was just me finding my niche Um, but by looking by serving the audience I already had essentially and so that's how I started to realize like oh wait this isn't a separate thing but then once I started my podcast I actually no longer do coaching I maybe take on one client per quarter and it's a very rare thing where I just click with someone or they're basically begging me in my inbox to coach them but I don't do a lot of coaching anymore since I have the podcast
0: yeah,
1: you're, but you're doing all you're doing all things that you love.
2: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's great. I mean, of course, there's like some things I don't love, but that's just part of <laughs> life, you know. Yeah. Life.
1: So one of the things that um, I want to point to, you just mentioned it a second ago, which is the human condition. So I mean, there is this world that we're human, and because we're human. You know, I would assert that we're you know, and Unity says this that we're spiritual beings having a human experience, or uh, and and that that hu- you can't be a human without having stuff like self doubt and you know things that you believe about yourself that you're find out may not be true, or you know some of the your limiting beliefs that you have to transform. Would you share with us, Kathleen? Like, do you have a specific memory of one of those, or is there one now that you're even working on that you're you know, you come up you're run up against. You know, as a business person, especially as you're building, I don't think it's it's a human thing that you're gonna run up against yourself.
2: Oh gotcha. So like where do I experience self doubt or you know, just yeah, struggle? The, yeah which just could lead asking? to some
1: limiting belief you had that you've had picked up one along the way or whatever mm-hmm. that is. And-
2: I think that I have some limiting beliefs around motherhood and I haven't completely unpacked them. So like I've definitely called UJ in times of a little bit of crisis whenever it comes to being a mom. Um, and I've gone through some therapy about it and I still can't quite wrap my mind around it. Like where, where the limiting beliefs are there, but I know that I have some struggles there and um, well now kids are the most transformational
1: yeah. thing down the planet right i mean kids are oh for God. me anyway i mean here mm-hmm. I, i'm like yeah you know, I, I do the work i'm the most coachable person i know and kids have got me uh, you know they had me like ready to pack it in <laughs> I mean,
0: it's I mean,
2: no joke
1: it's no joke <laughs> because i think there's something about how you start to sh- every negative thing you say comes out of their mouth yeah. every Every awful thing I've ever said ends up coming out of my little kid's mouth, and I'm horrified. Yeah.
0: You're like, oh, man. (laughs) Like, all that stuff. I said that, didn't I? Oh, yeah, It's awful. Yeah. And just how you have to show up. You know, it's like there's not a – you know, anything with – there's nothing else other than parenting where it's like literally there's like a a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week strain on you. Like, it's something – Like, I remember before I had my first, my first kid, I was like, oh, well, you know, like, it's like kind of like having a pet, you know, where you have, you have to love it and you feed it and you have to take care of it and it's so important, but you know, once like you like leave it at the babysitter, then you can go off and do whatever you need to do. And I was like, and I remember driving away the very first day after leaving my my daughter at daycare and I was like sobbing. And I was hysterical, and I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this, and ah, and, and I'm so selfish because I want to go, I really want to go to work. Like, I really want to, and I was crying, and all these people were like, oh, isn't that so sweet that she's like sobbing because she has to leave her baby. And I was like, I'm really excited to go to work, and I feel like a horrible person, like that I didn't like want to be with my kid 24 hours a day.
2: You know, Becca, I'm so glad that you mentioned this. I was just asked this week to write an article for a local magazine about why daycare is awesome. And it's funny because I think what maybe what they were doing was Googling some, they're basically creating a daycare issue. And they couldn't find anything that was speaking from the experience that I had had. And what happened to me whenever I was nine months pregnant, or, you know, maybe even like two weeks postpartum, I realized that I do love working and I wanted to continue to work. And whenever I started Googling why daycare is amazing, I found myself really just looking for the validation that it was not only an okay choice, but that it was a good choice. And every article that Every article I was reading was inherently sexist Mm -hmm. and really creating more fear than relieving it. So I decided that if I was going to find the article on why daycare is amazing, that I would have to write it myself. And so I wrote the article. It will be published in this magazine. And maybe I can republish it to the internet once it goes live. But I think that there are so many inherently sexist things that go into daycare, like, um, have you guys ever noticed that whenever it comes to stay-at-home moms deciding, or you know, not stay-at-home moms, but moms deciding whether to work or stay at home, that the daycare budget always comes out of their mm-hmm. earnings. Yep. Yep. Right? And it's and it's not, it's like a shared household in uh, it's a shared household yeah. expense. Yeah. Like when we make these decisions, right? Just like it's like the mortgage. Like,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. And then also like things like um I don't know just this attitude like of oh like isn't it sad that you have to go back to work but don't worry daycare's okay it's not so yeah. bad and I want to write the article that's like no not only is it not so bad it's actually amazing it's actually a really positive experience for me and my child or even
0: worse where it's the you know let's say like oh I just could not imagine letting another person raise my child
2: Oh, that is my biggest pet peeve, that phrase oh. right there. I can't even. So uh, I actually wrote that in my article. My response to that is letting, giving someone else the opportunity to raise and love my child, I think has only expanded the capacity for love in the universe. Like there is so much more love exchange of love happening between my son and his daycare teacher and all those other children now that would not have existed in the world. So even from a spiritual perspective, I'm creating more love or... Maybe I'm not creating it. My son and his daycare teacher are creating it, but I've created an opportunity for there to be more love in the world. I don't see any problem with that.
1: That's interesting because I was actually having uh, lunch with a couple of uh, women today who are uh, in town, and we were talking about how there's a little bit of difference in my relationship with Jessica when it comes to typical child care stuff mm. and a lot of that because is because of we don't we're not into binary gender roles so i was trained female and she was trained female so both of us were trained that it's our job to be over the kids like you know what i mean right it doesn't even occur to me that that's her deal but the feedback i get from women and even from men in the way they act anyway or how they show up is that That's pretty much your deal Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's your deal and it never occurred to me that all the way down to whose money pays for daycare yeah so i hadn't had that thought
2: oh yeah and then get this jay like if you're going out if you're working with a client and maybe they don't know that you used to be a woman um or even if they do because you present yourself as a yeah. man, they're probably not going to ask you, like, hey, Jay, where's yeah. your oh, never. Yeah, who takes ever. care of your children? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nobody Before ever asks Where,
2: where yeah. are your kids right. right now? And so that, oh, that happens to me almost every single yeah. time I go to. See, family. those are those
1: kind of sexism yeah. things that, you know, again, a lot, people are just, I think people are unconscious to it a lot. But then it comes right up in your face when, especially when it comes to kids. Yeah, it's amazing to me. Yeah, we were talking to Erin Brown about how it, her kid was they even, you know, Erin is with a very open feminist man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But they were talking about how many men are uh, room volunteers at the grade
0: school. Oh gosh, yeah, none.
1: Right? Yeah. And, and even her daughter started laughing with the thought of daddy being the room volunteer. Yeah. You know, right? Well, we that's...
0: have a room volunteer program for dads here. It's called. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> um, it's. Well, it's it uh, Watchdogs. Right. And they get. And it's they get for high- dads, something or other. And it's like they get t shirts and their pictures are taken and they stand up front of the school at the beginning and like watch, you know, over the kids and protect the kids oh. as they come in and they lift stuff. I don't even know. But it's like. They they get, yes. they get a parade because they, <laughs> they volunteer at, the volunteer kid's at their kids' school for, for, you know, <laughs> once. And like Isn't these that crazy? moms are in there, and it's like I'm sitting there thinking, you know, as a full time mom, you know, working mom, and it's like t- doing all of it and balancing all of it. You know what? Like, no one ever said to me, like, thank you, oh, that's so amazing. Let, Let me take you your a picture t-shirt. and I, give you a t shirt. <laughs>
2: But you know, coming back to coaching, I think that there is a lot of mom guilt mm. ingrained into I, I our system. I say you're trained into
1: it. I'm yeah. telling you, it is training.
2: And so I think that I have some self-doubts and insecurities around that, and all I know is I don't know why, and I think that's the thing that I keep trying to unpack, and that's where I start coming against the the issue of sexism whenever it comes to raising our children. But really if i really just focused on what like the what what am i feeling i'm feeling guilt why am i feeling it maybe i don't know but what could i choose instead to at least just change the feeling in my body and i think as we know like guilt is guilt and shame are the lowest vibrating emotions that you can house in your body what's the highest vibrating emotion love so how can i choose love and gratitude over guilt i am so grateful that my child has so much love and so much fun and is doing art all day long with a teacher. I'm so grateful. Um, I'm so grateful that she doesn't believe that there are any bad children. Like, And I'm also really lucky that I have a really great daycare. And I hope that, you know, most people who are choosing daycare can discern A quality place from a not so quality Mm -hmm. place. And there are definitely articles out there that will be helpful in that. But mostly it is like, what is it that I'm feeling and how can I transform that feeling? Even if I don't understand the why or how of the feeling, what can I do to transform it right now? And, you know, along
1: those lines, I think we were talking, um, I think maybe we were talking to Pam Grout. I know I was talking to Pam Grout recently and we were talking about how, isn't it interesting with this work that we know our word and what we speak and what we think creates our own reality and there are some areas of our lives mm-hmm. that we are uber conscious of that mm-hmm. right we are uber conscious of the fact that we don't want to speak i can't do business <laughs> <Right. laughs> we're right. uber conscious of how we speak mm-hmm. about our business and how we speak about for me my relationship with jessica is an area where we are always speaking that it's positive it's powerful she and i are oh that relationship is always working and yet there's some areas that we go completely unconscious in i just find that completely that fascinating
2: okay i'm really curious about this jay i need some coaching around it because we know that our word is our wand and that the words we speak create the reality around us and it's almost also kind of a faking it until you make it so if you speak a mantra over or an affirmation over and over again eventually you believe yourself well, right i but believe you gotta really start cur-
1: with baby steps with something you can believe i don't think i mean i'm not a am oh, gotcha. not a believer that right just saying I love myself if I really hate myself is ever gonna get me there. I gotta start with I'm willing to start working on this. Yeah. No. <laughs> or or so as okay. Aaron would say, this is what my body looks on looks like on Friday. Right, just yeah. going neutral or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But yes, definitely. So say more about that, your world mm. creating your wand.
2: Oh, well, so my question is, in my world, because I value authenticity so much and because I believe that that's what kind of creates a connection between us as people, my big thing is shining a big old floodlight on shame by talking about it. So let's say I don't really love being a mom that much. Like I love my son to the moon and back, right? But I don't really love being a mom. I I have to be careful because, like, I do believe my word is my wand. So whenever I say those words, I don't really love being a mom. Am I solidifying that, or am I helping other moms feel Ooh. some connection and some permission to not love it as well? And then maybe we can I love this question bond over it. Not that like I really want to bond over something negative, but like, how do we, we feel it? How do we shine a light on shame? Right. You're right. So how do we shine a light on shame by using our words? but then also honoring that our word is our wand. Well, and
1: in this, I mean, I think that you could, we can always go to, I mean, what my mind immediately goes to are the words in order to reframe, but have things still show up as, that, that are the truth for us. So the truth is, you don't, like, if you were to say the sentence, I don't enjoy being mm-hmm. um I, I will say that what I would, like, if I were to coach you, my, my request would be to look at how you want to show up in the world And so that I would invite you to consider something like, even though I don't enjoy being a mom, I love my kid to the moon and back, and I'm committed to being a powerful presence in his life. You know, like that. So to Mm -hmm. add those words, even though, to it neutralizes it and has it come from a place of you standing in power.
0: But I totally... I I want us to... This is yeah. I mean, you just kind of blew my mind with this question because it's exactly a feeling that I've been having a lot lately. Actually, is where I feel like there is, especially for people who aren't really doing the work or they're not involved in you know they're not they're not in this place with us. So if I if I say the, the even if like, am I being disingenuous to that their their story so that they feel like they can feel comfortable? We're talking about this with even like talking about having difficulty in your marriage
1: yeah,
0: and how women, a lot of times, we'll get together and we sort of, like, try to one-up each other with, like, well, my husband doesn't, oh, well, your husband my husband doesn't even, blah, you know, and, like, it becomes this, like, conversation where we're not being true to our relationship. But within it, like, there's some shitty stuff that goes on in marriage, you know, and I wish that somebody would have told me, like, that's Reality of marriage sometimes like sometimes you're going to struggle sometimes you're going to not see eye to eye sometimes you're not going to love your kid (laughs) sometimes you're going to you know and so there's so much of it that I think that we try to there's so much of it that's the other side of it that we're you feel guilt even just talking about it I mean, how do you deal with that within doing this transformation work? I mean, I think that she's got an incredible point. I don't know if I would feel when you're shining your light on that shame, how do you do it without kind of making it happen more and more?
2: And I think like, you know, even in coaching myself and thinking this through as we're talking about it, let's say the words come out of my mouth. I don't love being a mom. I can. And whenever I think about self-coaching myself, it's actually Jay's (laughs) voice that is always in my head. (laughs) Like it's always Jay asking me the question. Oh, yeah. But it would be something like, okay, what do you not enjoy about it? And is that really maybe even just an outside expectation of like what you thought motherhood was supposed to look like? And how can you really redefine motherhood in a way that you do embrace and enjoy yeah. it? Well, I don't, I mean, that's the just first question that I
1: always ask you, and I always ask everybody, is, I mean, if you say I don't enjoy being a mom, as long as as long as you're not coming from a place of making that wrong, then there's something else possible. Mm. But if you're making yourself wrong because you don't enjoy being a mom, then that causes resistance, and then yeah, that will continue to persist. Does that make sense? Right. So if you can come to it where I don't enjoy being a mom, and I'm not making myself wrong for that, but I want to be in a dialogue about it, something maybe even something you want to transform. I know for myself, I'm start. I I'm in the I'm in the conversation because you and I have had this a lot because we have a lot in common. <laughs> I say now, I'm starting to enjoy being a dad. Mm. And I have had mm-hmm. pure bliss moments of being a dad lately. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think as long as, I do think as long as we continue to stay in the conversation that I don't enjoy being a dad, that is what's going to continue to show up.
0: Yeah.
1: Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, but if I can give up making it wrong, I'll just be like, you know, and I still think there's so much power in being in dialogue about that because the flip side of that is... I don't know about you but i feel like we were sold a bill of goods i mean i was i was nobody ever talks about this side of parenting yeah (laughs) you know what i mean no yeah just didn't my mom i mean come on she had nine kids she never said a foul word about being a parent
0: (laughs) how did you not hate your life you had nine children for god's (laughs) sake yeah i'm barely managing with two
1: and then as women see i get by with it because being a dude just like you said nobody ever asked me where's your kids or how do you Mm. balance that act with your children and And managing your business and all that kind of stuff, but being women where you're defined as women, I would assert anyway, that women are defined by how their family shows up.
0: Yeah, oh God, yeah.
1: And that's supposed to be your self-worth.
0: Yep.
2: I've been really curious lately about worth and identity and how all of that ties in like so i you know i am realizing that a lot of my worth shows up obviously in my family but then also very much in my work and i would like to be i would like to detach my worth from all of that from all the, all things. the things
1: yeah well and that is why you know like really you know if we get down to the core of what the spiritual aspect of it is you know who you are is your inner being which is nothing but pure light love God, if you will, whatever you want to call it, you know, that's the, and continuing to get for me anyway, continuing to get grounded in that presence, that unconditional presence, that is who I truly am mm. is where I get myself, where I want to locate my worth.
2: See, and I believe that too, but I believe in the idea that that soul of light and love was like, okay, let's have this human experience. And so I really want to have the oh, human me too. experience. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm in for the you ride. Know? And like, I'm working. so afraid of like, like my soul will do like all the floaty head in the cloud stuff after I leave this body. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. like, like, so I can't, I don't really necessarily want to live that on, on earth because I know that that exists in me and out there. And, and so on Earth, I want to really, I want to work my ass off. I want to have experiences in my human body that I'm not able to have um, otherwise. You know, yeah. so like, as long my, as you know that that's just part of the ride, is, though.
1: And it doesn't have anything to do with right, your worth. But, you know what I mean? Your, your worth true, is yeah. that you are God, that you're an inner being. That You know what I mean? That that's, in other words, there's nobody who's unworthy. That's not even, that doesn't even exist. The rest of that human stuff is just a fun ride.
2: Man, I just have a bad case of not being Beyonce. Like this is what it comes down to. (laughs) What?
1: Where did that come from? I love it.
2: (laughs) Oh my God, it's
0: that (laughs) statement. We all have the same 24 hours that Beyonce does. Oh
2: God. (laughs) The root of it is, (laughs) I'm jealous of Beyonce. (laughs) That's hilarious.
0: (laughs) I am right there with (laughs) you. We've got a friend, well, Erin Brown is was going to the concert and she was posting about it and she, and I was like, I was like, as soon as I read it, I was like, literally like overcome with such like a giant jealousy. I was like, oh my God, I want, I'm so like, that's not fair. I want to go so bad. And then I was like, I don't know. Well, why don't you well, yeah. go? And then I was like, well, there we go. I just went into, I went into jealousy mode <laughs> instead of like, okay, I'm going to make this shit happen. How do I set this up for myself? And then I realized, I don't think I could handle it. <laughs> like, I think that if I saw her, like, in flesh and bone, I think I would, like, explode from, like...
1: I kind of know that feeling a little oh bit. Oh, my God! I oh. feel that way about Oprah as much as I want to be... That might be what I need to get over to, like, get on the soul Super Soul Sunday, because I'm telling you, like, the thought of being in the same room with the woman makes my heart start to beat hard.
0: Yeah. You know, for sure. So then it's like, how do you not just want her yeah i would i would lose my mind and so i was like i, I don't think i'm ready I'm, I'm, i don't think i'm ready yet <laughs> oh, I'm you're, ready. Ready. you're ready you're ready to <laughs> I be totally beyonce get
1: but see i would assert that you know i don't know how old beyonce is but if you go back all the way to where'd she begin right
2: yeah 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 she was like four right
1: and to where she is now i mean i would assert that you're on your way to beyonce
2: aw thanks i love (laughs) that come
1: on look at how far you've come just in the you know in the time when you went out on your own and started freelancing as a designer because we didn't talk about that but that's where you start right you you started out as a a freelance designer and now you you
0: know (laughs) i mean like you're (laughs) taking over the world
2: yeah (laughs) multimedia empire yeah Yeah. oh
1: yeah it's true and i love that that's brilliant is not it i think you're having a conversation with Meg keen who we've talked to um about like yeah. multimedia being you know that wouldn't she say something in the podcast like the women who got their own say in what they got to to be were like lucille ball because she had her own media and oprah because they had their own media
2: yes yeah you know there's no more um having to get permission on someone else's platform but building your own platform one of my biggest crushes right now is chelsea handler are you guys watching her show on netflix So she basically, she had her talk show on E! Like some sort of like late night talk show for a long time. And, uh anyway she had her own talk show on e for about eight years and then ended up quitting going on sabbatical for a year which even just hearing her tell that story gave me a severe case of like fear of missing out like it it really brought something up in my body that I was like whoa maybe that's something I need to examine um but she went on sabbatical for a year and then came back to Netflix which I think is so cool that Netflix as a platform where you can really just do what you want and I think that's um, even more so than cable. So it used to be like you had your broadcast and you had cable and now Netflix is the place where you can really just create your own thing and you can take it or leave it, right? And so she's created her own talk show that is everything she ever imagined wanting it to be. And she's got like a dog walking around and she's inviting celebrities in and there is something again like my core value is authenticity and I'm really starting to dig into this and really wanting to find a new maybe even a new word for authenticity but um what what's happening is that these celebrities are really able to be them their most authentic selves with her because it's a little bit of a longer format interview it's not just seven minutes they're not just regurgitating the same you know tidbits and anecdotes that they've been going on with their whole press circuit they're really able to sit down and talk with her and then she'll cut to clips of like having a dinner party and smoking a joint around her table and she's just not afraid to show up so i'm really inspired by her and so i've decided i want to talk show all right <laughs> a podcast is i mean i got one. i've got yeah, a podcast was much the first step, so yeah. like but you that's know that's great yeah. that's what i want to manifest I wanna talk All right.
1: show. All right. We'll hold space. We, yeah, we will.
0: Because we'll <laughs> I that. want to watch it really bad.
2: <laughs> and I want to be on it. <laughs> so. Yes. You'll be like our resident doctor. Oh, James. Oh, no, that's awesome. I
1: love that. That's resident great. Life Coach. That's fantastic.
2: Yeah, resident life that's coach. Perfect. Right on. Oh this my has gosh. Been
0: fantastic. Yeah. Well, I have just super enjoyed getting to know you better and you know learning sort of where you came from and I think we're definitely going to have to have you back on as as you guys have explored, you know, as you sort of move into this world of being boss, being more to you than some of the other things that you're doing. And then also when your talk show comes, we'll yeah, totally have you on.
2: Yeah, but like any time you guys, it's so much fun jamming with like minded souls on all of this stuff, the human condition, work, life, feminism, all Hell of yeah. it.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to have a little bit of it all. So, And that's what I love about, For you know, and I also always tell people when I recommend being boss because people will say, oh, well, you know, I'm not an entrepreneur or whatever. I was like, you, you will be by the time you listen to like four episodes, you're going to be like, okay, what's my side hustle? I was like, because like <laughs> you, every episode that I listen to, I always am like, maybe I should do this. And I'm like, oh, maybe what I really want to do is this. That's and then hilarious. it's like, oh, I got it, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm like shooting off into a different direction. And seriously, everybody who listens to it, all of a sudden they're like people who've been like drudging away in an office. And then they're like, so I've been thinking about my big idea. And I'm like, awesome.
2: Uh, that means so much. And congrats to you guys for starting this show. Like how how often are you releasing episodes? And tell me yeah, more so about we're it.
0: We're going to be releasing once a week. We're going to be starting on this. You guys will be, you will be as part of the very beginning pro- process. So we'll be um, releasing each Wednesday and we're going to be featuring, some of them are going to be. Uh, coaching episodes where it's literally jay coaching me (laughs) because he is my coach so we're going to kind of have a life coach in your pocket and others are going to be people who are you know in the work people who are you know using this in their everyday lives and their businesses Um, and then some interviews with people who are sort of professionals of the work Um, and so we'll have people who um you know have written books and those type of things. So we're, we're going to have a good mix of different things and we're super excited.
2: Well, congrats. I'm so glad that you guys are doing this. I think that podcasting is such a great outlet for being who you are and having really candid conversations and just that that honesty and vulnerability and all that good yeah, stuff. Really, we so. have kind of thank gotten used you. to it already
1: where we're kind of forget we're recording and just Yeah, you know, it's fun. Just start it's to channel. Jam-
0: yeah. It's, easy, yeah. To yeah, yeah, it's really easy to do. And that's some of my favorite episodes that you guys have done too, or sometimes when it's just you and Emily talking. And like some of the best stuff comes out of those too. So I, I want you to do more.
2: Oh well. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. You know, it's so funny, like, whenever you start getting feedback and some people are like, I could do without all the chitter chatter between Kathleen and Emily. Like, let's get to the point. And then, like, you oh, know, no. people, other people saying, I love that stuff. And so we just have to keep doing what's true to us. And that's what we're doing.
0: And you're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah. So my Thank last you. question for you, um, as we sort of wrap this up, and this is a question that we're asking all of our guests is... Um, if you could make a recommendation to somebody who is sort of new or has been doing this for a while, just what is something one thing that they could start doing today that would keep them in the work or inspire them or something that you do um, that helps you keep focused and moving forward in, in the work that we're doing?
2: Mm. So for me, one thing that I do whenever I wake up every morning from getting dressed to putting on my makeup to the food that I choose to eat, the workout that I choose to do to what I'm writing in a blog post or talking about in a podcast is I ask myself, what will make me feel most like me today? And that's always evolving and changing. But what that does is it really makes me consider what my needs are and how I want to show up. So I think that asking yourself the question, what will make me feel most like me today is a great place to start. Oh, I love
1: that. That's fantastic.
2: And then um, I would
1: like to end by acknowledging you. I, um, you know, I love you and I adore you um, and who you are for the world. And, you know, one thing we didn't mention is I don't know if you know that Kathleen Del a boxer.
0: Oh, I right? did not know that.
1: She's a boxer. And I mean, this is goes back. This is my started to be my point earlier. Like you don't not do stuff. You know what I mean? Like, if it comes to your mind and you think, just like you said, you think it's going to have you be more you, you go do it and you do it. And I've never, I've rarely met a a person like you that just is inspired to go do something and then goes and does it with, puts everything in it. And so I want to acknowledge you and appreciate you for that. And I also want to point to the fact that I really believe that you are one of the most powerful leaders right now mm-hmm. in the feminist young feminist women's movement mm-hmm. of business owners and entrepreneurs and I mean I've said this before I think there's a tipping point coming where young women are going to take over the world and I am so inspired and excited by that and I believe that you're one of those one of the leaders in that oh yeah and I really oh, appreciate
2: oh my gosh Well, that makes my heart beat a little faster. Thank you for saying that. And thanks for setting the bar higher for me. Jay. (laughs) He's good, at that, isn't he? (laughs) Right. Thanks for giving me something to live into.
1: Acknowledge you into a future.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've got my work cut out for now.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people
2: find you? Oh, wow. I'm all over the place. But the best place to find me right now is at beingboss.club. Definitely sign up for my newsletters there. We are sending out a newsletter every week and I'm sharing kind of the behind the scenes of the episodes that we record and what I learn most from it. I'm also at braidcreative.com. That's the work that I do. And let's see. I'm on Instagram at Anne Kathleen. I'm also on Periscope at Anne Kathleen. Um... Yeah, those are the places awesome. that I'm at. Well, we
0: will include all of those in the show notes so everybody can make sure to link to you and follow you and sign up for newsletters because trust me, you want to sign up for newsletters. Yeah. Those are what some of my favorite things <laughs> that yeah. show up in my inbox each week.
2: Oh, thank you. I try and keep them as valuable as possible or interesting or you know, not just another yeah, newsletter. It's one of those yeah, ones where you
0: read. see <laughs> it pop up and I'm like, oh, oh I, I gotta read, read that one. one. <laughs> I'll yeah. stop what I'm doing. Versus like, oh I'm gonna put that in a folder and never read it <laughs> i love it so
2: yeah we've got a being boss newsletter and a braid creative newsletter and oh i forgot to mention that being boss is at being boss club on instagram and okay. twitter
0: awesome That's well awesome. we will get everybody linked yeah. up for that well thank you so much kathleen and
2: oh thanks so much it was for awesome having to me get to know
0: you better absolutely love you
2: you too we'll
0: talk soon All right, well, thank you so much for joining us on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We hope that you got a little slice of practical transformation that you can use in your personal and business life.
1: And here's what we wanna leave you with. Whether you are just starting on this journey of practical transformation and just starting with baby step affirmations just to focus you in a direction of loving yourself, or whether you've been doing this work for a long time and you can literally say, I am thrilled with the path my life is on, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with right now, you're right where you're supposed to be. The thing that's in front of you is the thing that's going to have you at your most powerful once you accomplish it. And what I know and what we know is if you're willing to take baby steps with progress, not perfection, and just staying on that horse, you're going to get there. And we're going to get there with you. So thanks for being with us.
0: Now, don't forget to go and subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Let us know what you think. And reach us at info at doing, uh, sorry, info at jayandbecca.com. And that will let us know if you have any topics you want us to cover or anybody you want us to interview. Maybe you.
1: You can reach us at our Facebook page too, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, totally. So um, that's just facebook.com slash becca. All right. We'll see you around next time. Bye,